When you own a business, every minute counts, which means you're probably...
in church. We are so grateful that you are here to worship with us this morning. If you please stand and join us lifting in our voices just to praise and worship our Father. God is good, isn't he?
had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born then the spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth Good morning, Townsend Church. Thank you guys so much for choosing to be with us on this beautiful August morning. Thank you guys to those of you who are tuning online. We have some incredible family event, church family events coming up over the next couple months that we want want to make sure you guys know about. The first one is we have our family picnic coming up on Wednesday, September 7th. We will not have Bible study on this night. Instead, we'll be over on the Upward property, we'll have food, we'll have games, we usually have moon bounces for the kids, a whole bunch of stuff, make sure you come out. If you are interested in coming, we do ask that you, you know, bring something to share, a covered dish. We're providing the, the meat, the hamburgers and hot dogs. But other than that, there is no signups. You can just bring whatever you wanna bring and, and share with everybody else. And we'll have a great time on that night. Uh, we also have, next announcement. We have a new class starting on Wednesday nights. Now this will not take place instead of the Daniel study. This will be in in addition to, so you'll have the option to choose between the classes. But we have Shepherding a Child's Heart starting um, on September 14th with Pastor Charlie and Miss Janice Baker. So that a lot of people are excited about that. So if you're interested in doing that, there will be a sign up sheet. Uh, Feel free to ask us if you have any questions about that, but that should be a good time. But this will be in addition to the Daniel study. So still feel free to come out on Wednesday nights, even if you don't have children that you're wanting to go to this class for. Um, The next event we have coming up is Cowtown Rodeo. Uh, The Vandervoorts are helping us out with Miss Debbie to uh, to set up a uh, a church rodeo event. So if you are interested in going to that, we will be taking the bus up um, to Cowtown Rodeo. It's a great time. It's only $15 a person. So if you're interested in signing up for that, there's also a sign up sheet in the lobby. And then, of course, the last event we wanted to remind you about is probably my favorite, but it's J-Town starting back up. J-Town is awesome. It's exciting. It's a time where we get together and we're goofy and we're crazy and we're having fun. But we also get the opportunity to tell you about what your children and what the children of this church are learning about for the month. They have these things called life apps where we try to instill in them some sort of principle, um, some sort of value that, that we just preach on for about a whole month and focus on and try to help them to understand it. So J-Town is a great event for that. We have skits, we have food, we have a whole bunch of things, but we would love to see you there. All ages are welcome. 
It's a fun time. So that's going to start up on September 11th at 6 p.m. But let's go ahead and pray, and we'll continue with our worship service. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the beautiful weather that you've given us, Lord. Thank you for um, making it uh, able for everybody to be here with us this morning. Uh, the ones who are here, Lord, I thank you for our, our High Point teens being able to come back for a couple minutes, Lord, and some guests that they brought. Um, we just pray that you would be with us this morning, Lord. We pray that we would do what we need to do on our end to get our hearts ready to meet you this morning, Lord. And, and we know that your presence will be here, Lord. Be with the praise team as they continue to lead us in worship, Lord. And be with Alan as he delivers the message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brothers, sisters, come on down to that river. Guaranteed you'll never be the same. There's a fountain flowing from the heart of the Savior. Bring your sins and all your guilty stains. Let that river alive wash it all away.
God, we look to you this morning. Because quite frankly, no one else will do. Lord, you did say that we would face trouble and pain and fear, but to be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It comes from you, Lord, because you are the maker of heaven and earth, and there is nothing too hard for you. So, Lord, this morning, we just look to you for our strength. We look to you for our help. We look to you for our healer. We look to you, God, because no one else, no one else, there is no one like you, God. No one like you, God. Forever all 
Father, what a prime opportunity you have for us. You have set the stage. You've heard the cry of our heart. The anthem of our voice is, we will love you with all of our heart because you are the source of our strength and you are our shield. You are our rock. And I pray that today as we continue in our worship of you and as we dive into your word, that you would just be real. That you would be moving in such a way that you would speak to our hearts differently than ever before. So thank you for being that God who desires to speak to all of us. And I pray that our hearts will be open and ready for that. We love you, we praise you, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have a seat. So glad you're here. Are you glad to be here? Good. Three of you. Just kidding. I know you're all just super stoked to be here. We're going to be back in Acts chapter 2. We're going to continue to crawl through there. It's already been a fantastic passage to look at because we're looking at and reading about and studying about the starting of God's church, of the church, the church that we all want to be a part of, the church that we want to experience, and that is what we are reading about. And today we're going to see a continuation of the decision of the people there and then God's quick response, which I always love God's responses, right? Sometimes it doesn't come as quick as it does here, but he always responds. Sometimes it's with that no, right? We don't like that no, but he does know better, does he not? He knows better than us. How many of y'all played sports before? Many of y'all played sports. So this analogy is going to help you. If you've never played sports before, just play along. <laughs> when I was in college, actually, let me back up to high school. When I was in high school, our team of soccer players, uh, we had three or four maybe that were really, really good, and then just the rest of them were just kind of there. We did well when I was a senior, 
and we went really far in the state tournament and it was just a lot of fun. But we, the reason I believe we went so far and did so well was not because we had three or four good players, it's because the community that we had was strong. When you have a strong community, especially on a sports team, you actually can accomplish more with less. When I was in college, now remember college soccer, you should have the kind of the best of the best coming in, the, the kings of each pond that they left, and you should have some really good players. And we had some great talent, some amazing talent, talent from across the world that were on our soccer team. And the four years that I was there, we may have won 10 games. And it wasn't for a lack of talent, but we had lack of community. There was no community there. It was a bunch of individuals, people trying to get theirs. And I'm telling you, when community is not present, growth really struggles to take place. Think about churches that are growing. They are growing because of the community that they have. Think about your business that you work at. Now, maybe community is not a big deal because of wherever you work, but for many businesses, if the community is not strong, it's not going to grow. Think about Chick-fil-A, Emma's favorite place. <laughs> it's not because they have great fries, but they do, right? Yes. It's not because they have a great chicken sandwich, because they do. It's not because they have Dr. Pepper and the nectar of the gods sweet tea. <laughs> it's because the community, when you walk in, it's different. There's a community there. It's the reason we love to go to High Point Camp with our kids because the community that is built there, Drew, you're a large part of that, thank you, is because the community that is there is strong. It's healthy. And it just helps growth to happen. And so as we are looking through this today, already Eli, it's goofing up on me. Yeah, it is a new clicker though. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> Just have to hold my hand way up here. Community breeds growth. We're going to see that all through scripture, all the way from Acts on, community breeds growth. Think about even the disciples with Jesus. What a grand community they had and the growth those 12 men experienced. So much so that God used them, Jesus used them, the Holy Spirit indwelled inside of them to start the church. Think about that. It's about community. It is why I love this place so much. It's not because we have great programs. It's not because we have a great staff. It's not because you guys are amazing. It's because I love the community that I have here. I am away from most of my family. Every church that Sally and I have ever been at, that's been our group. That's been our people. It's been our community. And because of that people group, because of that community, we have been able to grow. And folks, the moment that we lose community through the spirit of God, our church will die. It just will, because community breeds growth. Now, there's a, a secret sauce to that that we'll get into in a little bit, because it's not just about community, because you can have communities anywhere. But the community that we're looking for, the community of the church, there is a secret sauce. And that secret sauce is simply the Holy Spirit. If he is not present, you might as well just forget it. So let's dive in and let's, hear, uh, let's finish up. Uh, dude. 
Let's finish up Acts chapter 2 today, and then let's pick it apart a little bit to see what God says about community for us. Now remember, Holy Spirit fell on the disciples. They spoke in various languages, tongues, that the people that were there traveling in for this festivity, they heard in their own language, and they were blown away. They thought they were drunk, which propelled Peter into leveraging this opportunity to speak truth to them and say, no, we're not drunk. It's way too early in the morning for that. What we have is what you're looking for. In fact, it's the very thing that you crucified. You're looking for the Messiah, salvation. You were told he was coming. He was here. You missed it and you killed him. So be saved today. Turn from your wicked ways. And these people were, remember in verse 37, cut to the heart. Conviction was thick. It was palpable. It was heavy. They felt it. They knew it so much so that they turned their life around because immediately they looked at the disciples and said, wow, men, brethren, we are, we're brothers. Help us out. Tell us what we need to do. And Peter simply said, repent Be baptized and get going on this journey. Verse 40. Is that a pretty good synopsis? Everybody with me? Verse 40. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Let's just pause right there because that statement that was said thousands of years ago is never more important than it is today. We live in a perverse generation. You can take five seconds outside of this building and notice real quick that the way that the world lives is drastically different than the way that we're choosing to live. It is perverse, it's backwards, it's wrong. And Peter looks at these people who have begged him saying, what should we do? And he continues to testify. He continues to share his heart. He continues to share his experience. But notice that it is an exhortation. He is passionate about this thing. He's not mincing any words. He's got a captive audience and he is sharing his heart with them. And he says, if you want this fixed, if you want to be different, if you want to experience this Holy Spirit, this understanding of the the Messiah has been here, if you want to give your life in full submission to a holy God, here's what you do. Walk away from the perverse generation. Be saved from it. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized. Why did he have to put gladly received the word? Because there are some times where people are forced into it and they really didn't want it. It helps us see that these people that are receiving the word, they were hungering for it. They desired it more than anything else. You take that one thing that you're pining for and you multiply it by a million. That's what these people were experiencing to be saved from this perverse generation, to have what the disciples were experiencing. They wanted that relationship with God that they did not have. And Peter simply said, walk out of that. Get away from it. Be saved from it. Insinuating you can't do it on your own. To be saved from something means I'm in dire straits. I'm at my wit's end. I'm at the end of my rope and I can't fix this. 
that I need someone else to intervene and bring me out of it. Are you hearing that? Because many of us sit in church services day in, or every Sunday thinking, I'll fix this myself. You cannot fix eternal damnation. The only option that you have is to submit to a holy God and to be saved, to be snatched out, to be pulled away from that which is killing you. Gladly received it. They were so excited. When's the last time you got excited when the word of God touched your heart? You see, most of the time, a lot of times when we feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit, we feel super bad. And you should because what he's working on, you should feel bad about. But it should excite you. It should excite you because the Holy Spirit still is working on you. And he doesn't want what is in your life to remain there and he wants to get rid of it. That should excite us. We should gladly receive the conviction of God into our life. That is where they are at. They were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now, let me tell you something. If I were to ever preach a sermon and 3,000 people get saved and show up on the next Sunday morning, I'm going to panic. That's a lot of people. So there's about 120 apostles at this point in time, and if all of them are baptizing all day long, they're going to baptize about 25 people each. Now you think about that. We're not talking about they marched down to the river. That would have been a neat showing, right? They were probably near just a little pool that was there, a cistern for them to be dipped in. This is going to take some time. There's intentionality in this. Could you imagine being a Jew at this feast, watching all of these people just naturally funnel down towards this cistern, and you're wondering what in the world is going on? 3,000 people are doing this. They're walking down and they're going to be baptized. They're going to be dunked underwater. And listen, this baptism, this isn't a sprinkling. This is full immersion. That's what baptism really is. Now watch what happens in verse 42. And they continued steadfastly. That, I think, is one of the most interesting exciting words for me when I see it in scripture because that steadfastly is just different than they just hung on or they just they stood their ground that steadfastly means they were quickened where they were and they just continued strongly they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers notice what they're doing there they're having community They are staying with what the apostles are teaching them. They're not venturing too far off because they have found what the apostles are sharing is actually life. And this fellowship that they're enjoying, yeah, they must have been good Baptists because they're eating meals together. But it wasn't about that. They just enjoyed talking about what God was doing in their lives so much so that they didn't want to separate. They wanted to stay together. And they continued in prayers, meaning they just communed with God together. That's just the first three verses, by the way. 
Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, when it says every soul, that's not just talking about those who were saved. That's talking about everybody that's around watching. And these signs and wonders were done by the apostles and through the apostles, and it amazed the people. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. Verse 44 is a tricky verse. In 45, now all who believed were together and had all things in common, sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So here's what we're going to ask you to do because this is what the church did at the very onset. Who giggled? (laughs) Today when you go home, start boxing your stuff up. Put the yard sale sign out, sell everything you got, bring everything back here. And we're going to divide it up equally as you have need. Now, saying that, some of y'all are thinking, oh my. That's weird to us, right? That's not normal. That's not something we would normally do. And there's a big push for people to actually do that. But I want you to understand where this is coming from. Think about this. The Jews that are there, the the non-believing Jews, they do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. The moment that that a Jew believed that Jesus was a Messiah, there's a rift between a non-believing Jew and a believing Jew. Well, when these Jews would travel from out of town coming into this festivity, they really didn't have a bunch of motels and hotels like we do because we need four more in Middletown. (laughs) They would stay with other Jewish families. Jewish families would open their homes up to these strangers to say, hey, I know why you're here. We're going to live in camaraderie. We want you to come in and stay with us. But think about this. They're living in this Jewish community, in this home with this other family, and they have now changed their life to follow Jesus. What is this Jewish family that doesn't believe going to do? They're not going to let them stay there. So now this host is going to kick them out. They're not going to have food. They're not going to have shelter. They may not have a way to wash. Where are they going to go? So you know what this group of believers did? They banded together in community and they brought everything that they all owned together and they figured out who needed it most and they willingly divided it out. Now, that is not a principle for us as a church to do. But it is a good reminder that when in community, if there is a fellow believer in need and you are able, share. That's what that's getting at. This is a totally different instance and time period. Watch verse 46. So continuing daily, not just on Sundays. Could you imagine if that just said, so continuing on Sundays? On the Sabbath? No, no, no. This is daily, meaning every single day. They're fellowshipping. They're sticking with the doctrine. They're eating together, and they're praying together daily. With one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. It is a common belief of mine that we as church people have complicated this thing so bad. (laughs) What are they doing? They're sticking to truth, they're doing life together, and they're praying to God. 
Boy, that's some serious programming there. That's some flashy stuff going on. Where's the simplicity in all of this? And look what they're glad about and being simple in their heart. They're praising God and having favor with all the people. Now here's God's response. One sentence. Look at all that we should be doing. And God and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Notice all they're doing is doing life and doing community. And through that, because they are united in the spirit of God, they are united on the same front of we are going after Christ with everything that we have. And because of that, God added to the church. Sometimes we've got it backwards. No, no, no. You've got to have a soul winning program. You've got to have a, a, a new believers program. You've got to have an outreach program. You've got to do all these things. In fact, the only person that can lead a person to Christ is you've got to call the pastor because the pastor is the only one that can do it. Can you please go back in Acts chapter 2 and tell me where it says that? Because what I read is that through community of believers like you who were daily going after God and spending time in prayer together and spending time in the word together and fellowshipping through meals together because they were going after God and unified in their willingness to be used by him, God added to the church. Now, that doesn't let us off the hook because we do have a command by God to go out and disciple people, to work with people. But please, don't put all the pressure on the programming of church to win souls. Because the reality is community Community, you doing life with other believers and allowing the spirit to permeate out and people to see that, God will bless that and bring people to the church. Am I okay to keep going? Okay, no, I'm, I'm, I am so sorry. That was an out loud thought that you weren't supposed to hear that they were supposed to hear. Okay, good. So, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you for your permission though, I really appreciate that. <laughs> So again, I want to go back a little bit from last week and talk about the conviction that was felt. Because again, we know that the conviction was so strong. I want you to see what happened because of that conviction. Those who gladly received this, they were so excited that they finally have experienced what they've always been looking for. They wanted to be baptized. They wanted to follow in believers' baptism, and that's exactly what they did. 3,000 souls in that moment, in that day, I can't even comprehend that. In fact, a lot of theologians say that that's probably not true, that it probably took some time. I, I lean a little different. If it says it happened in the day, it probably happened in the day. It's not out of the ordinary for God to do extraordinary things. But the conviction was continued to be felt. It's continued to be felt. Verse 43, then as they're experiencing this, this, um, these signs and wonders and watching what the Spirit of God is doing, 
Fear came upon every soul, not just the ones that have committed their life to Christ, but every soul that is around them. Fear, this is that reverential awe. They're not terrified of God, but what they're seeing is abnormal and they're a little unnerved by it. Those that are experiencing God are like, wow, this is amazing. Others were probably like, wow, this is a little weird. But something was happening. The spirit was moving in every heart as they were performing these signs and wonders. So conviction is felt across the board. It's a matter of what are we going to do with it. But look at their response. The response of the people of what they were seeing. (coughs) As they're seeing these things, lives are being changed, which means... Life is going to be lived a little bit differently. The way they came into this festival, they're going to leave drastically different because of what they're seeing and experiencing. Sin is going to be eradicated. Think about this. There are people on the outside that aren't quite sure about this whole God thing. They're not sure about whole Jesus and especially not the whole Holy Spirit. Definitely not about church, had bad experiences. So they're kind of standing on the outside, but what they're seeing God do on the inside is they're watching lives, your life, that used to live one way, now living differently under a different source of strength and that causes fear among them. Think about that. But I don't want to be any different. I want to be able to just be me, accept Christ, and still be me. Not sure that really works that way. Actually, I am confident it does not work that way. If God wants you to be you, he will take you back to that space. But you are supposed to lay down your life when you accept Christ. It is no longer about you. It is about Christ. And so when people are watching these sins, these lives be changed, they're blown away. So then you've got these other new believers watching their friends come in and they know what kind of life they're living, watching their lives be changed. And guess what? They're stoked. They're excited. I get excited when I see people come forward and their life has changed. I love having conversations of things that God is doing in your lives. That jazzes me up. Also works the same way with non-believers. They aren't quite sure what to do with it. Think about the healings that were happening. These apostles are doing some amazing things. And people that are non-believers don't know what to do with that. We do. And then the powerful testimonies. You saw Peter still exhorting them strongly and testifying to what God is doing. And he shows up. Just like he always does. Every time God shows up, lives are changed. I love that. Every time God shows up, lives are changed. Either for the good and sometimes not the good. I think about the rich young ruler. Don't you think for one second his life was different when he ignored Christ and walked away? Don't you think he carried that for the rest of his life? Now, we don't know what happened with him, but I can't help but wonder, was his life altered from that point on? Oh, my word, this is driving me nuts. 
Because <laughs> it won't click when I want it to. That's why. So why did that happen? Why did just this, these believers get together and just through eating meals together and studying truth and praying together and doing life together, why does God do something with that? That seems too simplistic. It's not flashy with moving lights and loud music and big programming. It's too simple. <laughs> because there is a refocus. These people came in with one focus and they're leaving with a different focus. Their hunger is no longer for self-satisfaction or just fulfilling the law. Their hunger is to know more about Jesus and to live like him. They hungered for the truth. They wanted to be steadfast in it. They experienced community. Many of you, that when you've experienced community, you want more of it and you know when you don't have it. They shared meals. Again, they're good Baptists. They prayed, but notice how they did it. But you don't understand, this is my own individual walk with God and I don't need anybody else. Listen, let me, let me tell you something about that. <clears throat> True, but without community, you will struggle. Do you have to do community the way that I do community? or the way that Tim does community, or the way that Willie does community? No, but you need community. We can't do this alone. And, and, and let me just say this, I, I am pleased every Sunday when I see your faces, and I, I legitimately mean that. And I love that you are tuning in at home, but can I just challenge you at home just for a quick second? And I realize that there are a lot of you that are at home for, for various reasons and legitimate reasons. But please don't trade community for convenience. Don't trade this because you couldn't get up and get dressed and come. Again, I'm not <laughs> talking to many of you, but some of you need to get back to church. Maybe not our church, but a church. And you need that community because together we can accomplish great things through Christ. So their refocus should go away into focus. And community was created through unity through the Spirit. That's how this community was created. It's not because they were awesome. It's not because the apostles were amazing. It's because the Holy Spirit fell and changed lives. And they had something in common and they moved forward with it. That's why this took place. That's why this community is happening. They had all things in common. Because most likely they had lost everything. Some of you are going to make changes for Christ that will cost you your family. And I know for some of you, that just made you wiggle in your skin because you're like, well, I love my family. I can't walk away. I'm not saying you're going to walk away from your family. I'm saying some of your family is going to notice the change in you and it's going to scare them and they're not going to want a part of it and they're going to walk away. But Jesus challenged us. To love him more than even our own family. And that's hard. I get that. You might lose a job. You might lose some friends. But please, please understand that you're not losing that. They're removing themselves from you. Including your job. 
But the reality is, is that when you take a stand for Christ and you're a part of community and you're in the spirit of God and he is flowing through you, when God shows up, something will happen. It might be a better job. It might be better friends. It might be a different kind of family. Now, I'm lucky. My family travels wherever I go. They just follow me. (laughs) Right, Dad? Even at four in the morning. My dad drove all through the night so he could hear me preach this morning. That's partly true. (laughs) Community is so important. It is so vital, but sometimes we have to sacrifice some other things to go after God. Oh my word. But where did that unity come from? You already know the answer to this. It comes from the church that I attend. Because I go to a certain church and only I and only that church has community the right way. Nope. Well, it's the music. It's because the music is a certain way that we have community. And because of that, our church is strong because of a certain type of music that only breathes the community that we're looking for. Nope. Well, as long as worship the way that I, hands up, waving around, speaking in tongues, doing whatever I feel is necessary for a community, that is why churches grow. Well, it's all in the program. They have to have the best kids program, the best teen program, the best college program, the best young adult program, the best young marriage program, the best young parents program. They've got to have programs out the wazoo before that church is going to grow through community. I put all those on there because that's what I hear. Your church will grow through this or through that, if you have this or if you play this way. (laughs) The unifying factor in this passage is nothing more than the Holy Spirit and the truth of God. That's it. You want to grow your church? Have great music because it is important. Have great programs because they are important. Have wonderful people out there encouraging people to come in. That's vital. But let me tell you something. That will not grow your church effectively on Christ alone. The only thing that will grow your church through those things is if the Holy Spirit is honored and truth is preached. If you do not stand and recognize those things, all of the other things that we do is fluff. Can God use them? Sure. But God wants community. God wants true growth. God wants us to grow in such a way in the community that he has blessed us with through the unity of the Holy Spirit to be able to go out into our community and infiltrate it and make a difference. That's what's happening here. Listen, they didn't have spectacular worship and our worship's pretty good. They didn't have spectacular programs. They didn't have any programs. Our programs are pretty good. They didn't do anything else, but in simplicity of heart, they went after God. And church, 
I'm not saying we're cutting everything out and I'm not saying we're adding stuff in. All I'm saying, that as long as I'm pastor here, we're going after him first. I want cool stuff for our kids. I want cool stuff for our adults. I want cool stuff up here. I want cool stuff out there. I like cool stuff. (laughs) But if Christ, if his spirit, if his word is not the center or the foundation of it, I want none of it. I want our church to grow more than anything. And I want to have cool programs to be able to fit the needs of the people that are coming in. But I want our church to grow because we have unity through the Holy Spirit as we experience community. That's why I want our church to grow. That's what I want more than anything else. Watch this passage. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul speaking, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. That sounds like community, right? Yes is the correct answer. I'll help you with that. Yes, that is for sure. Endeavoring to keep what? Say it with me. The unity of the Spirit. Our job in this group of probably about 250, 260 this morning in this sanctuary, of all different mindsets, of all different opinions, of all different wants and needs, our responsibility is to keep the unity of the Spirit in peace together. Which means, you may not like the carpet change that we made, but is it worth disrupting the unity of the Spirit of God? Thank you, I just make sure you heard me. And that's a silly example. I mean, we could go to music if you want, because that's always a hot topic. That's always a fun button to push. We could go to the preaching. We could go to whatever you want. Listen, the reality is, if we are standing on truth and we are unified in the spirit of truth, we need to keep the peace at all costs. Because that's what's going to grow the church. You want people to come into a bunch of drama-filled services? Not me, I'm out. I'll go somewhere else and preach. I am so anti-drama, I can't even tell you how anti-drama I am. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Notice it says nothing about programming, music, outreach, anything, nothing of that. Folks, what's going to grow our church? Him. Him. He will grow our church. Watch God's response. This is, that was just the response of the people, continuation, right? Watch God's response. Oh, my word. One sentence, one little portion of the verse. I love that. But think about how amazing that little statement is. And God added to the church. I would have been okay with just that. That would have made sense to me. But he adds daily. Daily. 
Could you imagine with a church our size if each one of us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, started doing community in such a way that we start affecting those that are outside these four walls in our businesses and in our neighborhoods and in Walmart and in our sports teams. If we start affecting people through the power of the Holy Spirit daily, that could take place right here. But no, pastor, you don't understand. You've got to preach better. We've got to have a certain kind of music. You've got to have these certain type of programs. That's the only way you're going to build your church. Come on, please don't do that. You have a responsibility in all of this. And it is to have community with other believers in such a way that it affects those that are non-believing around you. Are you with me or am I by myself? That's how this works. I, can only, I am one little dude that can only do so much. But we as a group, a community of believers who trust God, who has watched him do some crazy things in this place. Could you imagine if we start talking about what God is doing in our church, in our lives, in what the programs that he has blessed us with, how that might affect those people around us? Please don't wait on me to do it because I just can't get to everybody. God blessed you with a mouth. He blessed you with a testimony. It's time we start sharing it. (laughs) God will add to the church if we willingly seek him in spirit and in truth through community. Community isn't the bottom line, but it's a strong part of it. It's a strong part of it. The Holy Spirit is always the bottom line. Mm. Community, that's what that was. Breeds growth, it helps me know how I'm supposed to hold it. That's what community is all about, right? We can laugh at each other and we can joke, but seriously, that's what community is about. That's what it should be about. When we go through struggles, we should be able to come to each other and say, I'm struggling without fear of condemnation or judgment. When I'm elated, I should be able to come and share with somebody my successes without fear of they're going to tear me down or talk bad about me behind my back. When God moves in my heart, I should be so excited to tell somebody that I'm just crawling out of my skin before I can find somebody. Let me tell you something, church. We catch fire like that. We'll be having more than one service. We'll be having more than one building. And I'm not looking to do that. Don't, I'm not an empire builder. But if God wants to bring 3,000 souls, bring it. We'll figure it out. But if we're doing community correctly, we'll be ready. As the praise team comes, and I click this thing hopefully the last time. Here's some questions for you. Am I willing to be a part of a community with gladness and simplicity of heart? Now, I know for many of you, you're cringing like, oh my goodness, I do not like to be around people. <laughs> right? I get, I get that. I truly do. But there's a way to have community without being awkward about it. 
without being so fearful of it. I'm telling you, man, you want to build your church? We got to keep this community going, but it must be through the Spirit of God. Question number two is this Am I contributing to my church community? I had another part to that, and I'm just going to share it with you. Am I contributing to it, or am I tearing it down? Please don't be tearing it down. If you got issues about stuff that's going on, come talk to me. I am approachable. I can talk to you. We'll have a conversation. We may differ in opinion, but that's okay. And this might not be the place for you. Our prayer is that it is, but listen, there are plenty of churches. If it's a Bible-believing church and you feel more comfortable there, God bless you. We want you here. But we don't want to be a hindrance to your growth either. So my question to you this morning is, am I contributing to my community or am I really being detrimental to it? And lastly, the last question is this, am I doing my part to influence people? Am I doing my part to influence people or am I just waiting for the pastor to come and pray with them and talk to them? I can do that, but you got a better connection to to them than I do. Folks, community is where it's at. I just want you to keep your ears peeled because we're going to start creating some community-wide events within the church and with outside the church, and we just want you to be a part of it. Upward is one of the best ways to be a part of our global community. Listen, we have the potential to having 1,000 to 1,500 people every Saturday right on our property that God has blessed us with. And you may not think that that's a big deal, but let me tell you, that's a big deal. You may think, well, I I can't coach, I can't do this, and I can't do that. You can pray. You can walk through the crowd and just say hi and smile. You can serve in the concession stand. You can pump up the balls in the shed and nobody will know you're there. But you're serving, you're helping. Am I doing my part? Are you doing your part? I love our community here. I really do. I love every Sunday I get to come here. I never want to lose that. I love you guys. You guys are an amazing church to serve, an amazing church to be a part of. I love having conversations with you and I love doing life with you. But maybe we need to find some new people and build our community up a little bit more. Let me pray for you. God, I love you. I thank you for your truth, for your word, for the simplicity of it. Lord, community can be tricky. It's always interesting. But Lord, I know that you're calling for it, especially now with the times that are moving forward in the way that they are. Lord, I submit all this to you for you to work in the hearts of those who have listened and felt your presence this morning. May your spirit do his work in Jesus' name.
Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. All will be added. All will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. The kingdom and all will be added, all will be added, all will be added. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added, all will be added. Seeking first the kingdom is what it means to be focused on God, to be grounded on his word, to build your life on his spirit. And the things that are going to make our church strong and healthy are the same things that are gonna make your life strong and healthy. And the reason is, is because that's what we're created for. We are created for community with each other and community with our Savior, with our Father in heaven who designed us to be together with Him forever. And so when we talk about growth, yeah, we're talking about adding people, but we're also talking about growth. We're also talking about getting deeper, about going further with Jesus in our own hearts. And so you wanna have a strong church build community focused on Jesus, but it doesn't just apply to our church because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we experience freedom when we're together here, freedom to be who we're created to be. So you wanna have a marriage that's growing, have a marriage focused completely on Jesus and on his word. You wanna have a family that's growing, you wanna have friend groups and relationships that are growing stronger and deeper, have them focused fully and completely on the Spirit of God and on His Word. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's how we're gonna grow because that's what we're created for. Thank you so much for being part of church here this morning. Remember as you leave, you're not leaving the church because you are the church. And as you grow through the week, break bread together through the week, worship together through the week, and we will look forward to seeing you back here again on Wednesday night. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. You will be filled. You will be filled. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom of heaven. Ask and he will. Ask and he will. This is the kingdom. This
When you own a business, every minute counts, which means you're probably multitasking right now. Hopefully not in the car. It's time to get Clover, the business system for payments and more. It's everything you need to run your business smarter, faster, and easier. Take payments, track sales, do inventory, sell online, schedule ships, do it all with Clover. Visit clover.com slash Pandora to learn more and get a $450 statement credit for a limited time. That's clover.com slash Pandora. When flying insects show up in your home, how do you get rid of them? Hopelessly clapping every single one? Aimlessly swatting back and forth? Hanging fly strips in your living room? Ew, ew, ew. Instead, try Zevo traps. Zevo uses light, not odor or chemical insecticides, to attract and trap bugs, working continuously so you don't have to. Zevo, people friendly. Bug deadly. Now at a store near you.
stand in front of the mirror But I don't like who's looking back at me Wish I could see things clearer Oh, like who I'm supposed to be In every trial, lift me higher Through the fire, hold me tighter Remind me again that I was made for more Who I am in the eyes of the Father Who I am is love set free Who I was, I left at the altar I am yours, Lord, I believe It's who I am It's who I am in the 